You are listening to Cry Out, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Today we are looking at a series called Cry Out. We're going to be going uh, to spend the next few weeks looking at what it means to lament. What it means to lament. And I've got to admit, as someone who likes to tell a joke, whenever, whenever things get difficult, this series is not going to be an easy one. But I feel it is a necessary one. I feel it is a necessary one. We're going to put some of our most difficult emotions under the lens. We're going to see how to approach God with honesty, even when we feel that being honest is enough to send us straight to hell. That God doesn't want to hear us when we are saying the things that we are saying. When we are feeling the things that we are feeling. We are going to be honest with God. Even if we remove the filters. We're going to see what that would look like. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphones. As we turn to Lamentations chapter 1. We're going to dig in with verse 20 to 22. But I encourage you to go home read the book of Lamentations. Read it more than once. But today we're looking at chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, where we see this. Lord, see my anguish. My heart is broken. My soul despairs, for I have rebelled against you. In the streets, the sword kills. And at home, there is only death. Others heard my groans, but no one turned to comfort me. When my enemies heard about my troubles, they were happy to see what you had done. Oh, bring the day you promised when they will suffer as I have suffered. Look at all their evil deeds, Lord. Punish them as you have punished me for all my sins. My groans are many, and I am sick at heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For my groans are many, and I am sick at heart. Once upon a time, there was a great city, a city whose splendor has known no equal. And this city, as unparalleled as it was, was even greater than we can imagine because the one true God chose this city. They were blessed. These were God's people. All was right with the world for the inhabitants of this particular city city. Well, one day the enemies of this great city mounted up against her and the city, which once praised God, she turned from a posture of praise to one of neglect, neglect for herself, neglect for her God, taking for granted the blessings that she had known. An army descended upon her, shook her at her core. The once invincible giant of the world was compromised. Her enemies laughed in her face as a tribute for her vanity. Her delusions of grandeur. Her enemies killed her young. Killed innocent men and women that were just going about their daily routine in the workplace. Her enemies. Leaving orphans to starve in the wake of atrocity. And God... Let them do it. This city, which was once the pinnacle of society, reduced to rubble. Utterly destroyed. The friends she had once held close, yes, those which she had helped in their time of need, 
abandoned her. And worse, her God abandoned her. They say perception is reality. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? It's okay, this isn't a trick question. Many people have felt abandoned by God. Job in the 19th 19th chapter, verse 7 says, If I cry out violence, I receive no answer. I cry for help, but there is no justice. He has blocked my way so I cannot pass and has set darkness over my paths. He has stripped me of my honor and has taken the crown off my head. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? Have you searched the heavens for a whisper of recognition from a God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Have you ever cried out, praying that God would answer your prayer, only to discover you got no reply? You're not the only one. Job speaks of this. More than 50 of the Psalms speak of this. The book of Lamentations speaks of this, which we are digging into, tucked neatly away in the Old Testament between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. The book of Lamentations takes anyone who is willing into the very depths of this despair. It's real. This sense of abandonment, it is found in the Bible. It is there for us to discover this doubt, this anxiety, this anger, this lament. It's real. Today's scripture in the book of Lamentations, we see Jerusalem had fallen. The Babylonians had taken the city around 586 BC. And the authorship of Lamentations is accredited to Jeremiah, also known as the weeping prophet. The entire book is painful. Beautifully written, but painful. Each chapter is written in an acrostic going through the entire Hebrew alphabet to show the complete and utter lament from A to Z, if you will. It's a masterpiece, a gothic, drab, dreary, emo masterpiece. It starts like this. How lonely is the city that once was full of people? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? One is the loneliest number. And any of you who have children that have grown and moved out, moved on to pursue their own lives, perhaps you've heard of empty nest syndrome. Perhaps you've experienced it. Similar to postpartum depression for new mothers. Something that once was has changed. It is entirely different and it will never be the same. I want you to imagine with me. Imagine that you are on a plane. You hop a plane to any destination, and the pilot of your plane comes on the intercom and says, we will be arriving at wherever you are going in about 10 minutes. 10 minutes pass. They come back on the intercom. We are having difficulty reaching the air traffic control tower at wherever international, but expect to land shortly. The stewardesses come down the aisle, they give everyone extra peanuts, extra Diet Cokes. 
Meanwhile, the pilot is freaking out. Because for the last half an hour, there has been nothing. Dead silence from air traffic control. It's like they fell off the face of the planet. Finally, gas is getting really low in the plane. Some of the passengers have noticed that the plane has been circling for some time now, circling the airport. Busy people with busy lives, eager to land so they can go about their busy nests with meetings and itineraries and agendas. And The pilot comes back on the intercom. We've just been given our permission to land, but you may experience some turbulence. He lied. There was no communication, but drastic matters call for drastic measures. So he lands. The doors don't open. Fifteen minutes go by. You're there. This is you. You are waiting. Fifteen minutes. It is getting hot. Tension is rising. And finally, the stewardesses instruct all the passengers to depart through the emergency doors. That there's a situation with getting the main doors open. Imagine you're the last in line to get out of the plane. You get out, and the first thing you notice is the quiet. The quiet silence is deafening. There is no noise. You and the other passengers all notice it, but no one says anything. Just adding to the silence. It's not natural. You walk all the way to the terminal, each footstep echoing. There is no one there. The entire airport, deserted. Goosebumps form on your skin. The hairs on your neck stand up like soldiers at attention who are afraid to get off the plane because they're the first wave of, a, of, a, of just this unreturnable mission. This mission none are expected to return from. Your hairs are standing on attention. And you walk to the car rental desk. No one is there. You, you feel like you're trapped in a horror film. But this is real. This is empty nest syndrome. On the grand scale. Postpartum depression. Immaculate. How does this scenario make you feel? A bit uncomfortable? You probably want it to end, right? You're ready for the silver lining, for the turn, for the happy ending. We live in a world of quick fixes and instant gratification. If we don't like something, it doesn't have to last. We've got feel-good movies. We've got feel-good medicine. We have feel-good music. Paul Simon's 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, right? Once upon a time, people lingered in their pain, in their suffering. They were honest. They would live through it. We still do. We just don't like to admit it until we're speaking in the past tense, that we have lived through it. School kids, passengers on a subway in Parsons Green, London, a bomb goes off. <laughs> Yet another act of terror terrorism in London, probably not the last. 2.5 million people in Mexico suffering from an 8.2 earthquake. Thousands of homes destroyed, more than 90 announced dead. The death count is rising. 
And now hurricanes are coming along, adding to the destruction. Speaking of hurricanes, Texas, Florida, the wildfires out west, human trafficking, children, ribs showing, starving, adults, starving. People that in our country, if they had access to proper medical treatment, it'd be better. People in other countries, if they were born in a different part of the world, this is real. People being murdered for the color of their skin, being refused equal employment opportunities, families being torn apart, not by their enemies, but from their own blood. This is real. People that are starving on the streets, living without an address, caught in a loop in a system that requires you to already to belong to be able to belong. Elderly people cutting their medications in half because they're stuck in a donut with their insurance and can't afford to take their medications that are designed to be taken in their entirety, not cut in half. This is real. Once upon a time, people lingered in their pain. They're suffering. We still do. We just don't admit it. Am I making you uncomfortable? I don't mean to. This is what it means to lament. It is not comfortable. Or it would not be lament. This is what it means to honestly encounter God from the depths of hell on earth as we are experiencing it and just to cry out. This series is going to take us into the biblical form of honest prayer called lament. You may be tempted to stay home. You may be tempted to, to change course midway through the series or to put some happy music on as soon as possible when you get in your car and just go for a long drive. Let's face it, we all lament at times. And I believe that God works through our lamenting. I really do. We don't need to avoid lamenting, ignore lamenting, whatever you've been taught about processing your emotions. We don't need to shrug this off because this is real. This is real. And it's time that we are honest with our emotions before God. If we can be honest with our emotions anywhere, it should be before God. Some of us were taught not to question God, never to get angry with God or frustrated in our faith. In the Psalms, we see a lot of questioning God. A lot of frustration in faith. When, when we see things like, oh God, why have you forsaken me? In the 22nd Psalm, which even Jesus claimed as his own words on the cross. Don't you realize? These questions of lament, they're not even true questions. It's not like, God, I need some information here. Please give me a play-by-play. Give me the details of why I'm going through this. We don't need... No, it's not that kind of question. We don't need those answers. This is a bearing a broken heart before God. It's lament. Not needing an answer, just a God who hears. Does God hear? Sometimes it's easy when everyone else seems to have abandoned you to think that God has abandoned you. 
Sometimes it's easy to think when everyone else has betrayed you to think that God has betrayed you. When everyone else is angry or frustrated with you to think that God is too. It's funny that when we are hurt that we live in a culture that teaches us to just go into our happy place. But deep down we really just want to lament. We really just need to lament. It's how we heal. It's why we say things like, I hate you to the ones that we love. Or I never want to see you again to those that we would never want to do life without. We don't say it because we mean it. No, drastic matters call for drastic measures. We lie. We lie to protect the ones that we care for so they don't have to know the truth of our emotions. We get angry at the ones who aren't angry with us. They love us. And we do this because deep down, we just need to lament. And at that deep down level, we pray because they love us that they will be able to take it. That they will be able to withstand it. That when the sun comes up like a rocket, that it gives proof through the night that our flag is still there. That's what we're praying. That we're not alone. This is the biblical practice of lament, crying out to God from the pit of our despair. Even if we don't get an answer, we get it off our chests. Oftentimes, that's better than an answer. It helps us heal. We need someone to listen. The last thing we want is someone to just tell us right away that they've got all the answers. You ever think sometimes when it seems God isn't listening, it's not so much that God isn't listening, but he's not responding. And that's why we're getting upset, right? Did you ever think that that is what we need? Space to lament? Space. If you get mad at God and you're not alone, if you ever get mad at God I know this goes against what we were taught, you know, yelling at God, getting angry at God, saying hurtful things, doing hurtful things. After all, Jesus went to the cross for you, right? You don't get mad at God. It's what we're taught. But what if God is still willing to suffer for us? What if God is still willing to suffer for our sake by hearing it, by taking it? Perhaps that's the kind of relationship we have. Perhaps God is willing to be utterly attacked by the people that God has chosen. So that God's people may truly see that they've chosen God, not some feel-good song. We've chosen God. God allows us to come, all of us to come with all of our emotions. That's what it means to lament. And now that we have a little bit of a grip and understanding of what it means to lament, we're going to stop there for the day. We're going to think about these things during the week. And, you know, I pray that you come back. You may be tempted not to come back next week. Wait till the series is over. But I pray you come back because we're going to unpack these things. We're going to go deeper into what it means to lament during this series. We're going to look at some difficult things together. Is there room for doubt? How do we deal with the desire to just smash things? Right? 
Is there meaning in the meaningless? These are some of the things we're going to dig into. I hope you'll stick with us through this difficult road that lay ahead. I don't want to walk it, but I think we need to. And one thing I know about difficult roads, they're much easier to walk when you're not alone. Once upon a time, people lingered in their pain and their suffering. We still do. We just don't like to admit it. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the way that you hear us, even when the things we say are not pleasant. We thank you for the way, Father, that you welcome us to you, even when we are throwing things, when we are getting angry saying words we shouldn't say, feeling feelings we shouldn't feel. Father, we thank you for your steadfast love and the way that sometimes, you know, we may think we need an answer, but all we need is a God that we can honestly cry out to. Continue to show us that you are that kind of God that will listen where others would turn away. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.